For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Have you ever been to like a NASCAR race or I've been IndyCar? to NASCAR. I've been to NASCAR once. Okay. And and honestly, it was not my not my thing. Okay. So this was this yeah it was it was street circuit so it wasn't like a dedicated track so it wasn't as buttoned up and, and organized mm-hmm. as, it was like on our roads yeah, yeah yeah downtown Nashville so it like that I think was cool because it mm-hmm. was just you could kind of you could tell it was just wasn't as buttoned up yeah. as if you were at like a dedicated facility um a hundred thousand people there but it didn't feel super cramped because they had so much space and they did such a good job closing off so much of the city, yeah. which was very cool. Like bathrooms weren't a problem because they had porta potties everywhere. Nice. Concession stands everywhere. So mm-hmm. you never had to wait to get water or anything like that. And um and then yeah, the the GT cars, you couldn't get to the Indy cars without okay. being someone special. But the GT cars, you could just almost walk right up into the workshop where they were working on that. Cool. Yeah. I saw, I had some friends who, their seats, I guess, I, I it looked like a box. I couldn't really exactly tell, but basically ride it like the finish line. And so, you know, just like a really long run of whatever road that is. Honestly, I need to, I need to see the whole course on a map. Yeah. It, but just, it's so cool looking. The, it was, the way they transformed it. But that was that was another cool thing was it was just like a bunch of normal people. Yeah. And with like a Formula One race, for example, you have very fancy people. Oh, And yeah. if you know somebody, you can get places where you didn't feel like that. There wasn't really this like elite group going to the boxes and, you know, having the air conditioning and the going to the horse races, shrimp cocktail. Yeah. yeah. It was like everybody was kind of on the same playing field. Love it. Like there, there weren't there weren't fancy box. I mean, there were a few, a few places like that. Not much at all, though. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome. You, we we went to some races in the morning, and then we walk over the pedestrian bridge to Broadway. Yep, ate on Broadway, had a beer at Tootsie's, and then walked back over the bridge and went back to the races. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Like I love it. it it's it, yeah. It's the only place where you can. Yeah, you could be watching IndyCar one minute, and then you're in Tootsie's drinking a beer, listening to some band, rip a, you know the typical, yeah, whatever Broadway song. Broadway songs they they do. After you talked about that the other week, now I notice they are 
you're guaranteed to hear a certain set list when you go down there. Mm-hmm. And the, it's played exactly the same way. <laughs> every, every, like there's probably five songs that I know for sure. It, even just walk, you can just walk from one end of Broadway to the other. You will, you'll hear all five of those songs guaranteed. 100%. Uh, one that I we definitely heard twice when we were down there a couple of weeks ago was that song by Lit, My Own Worst Enemy. The ding net 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 Yeah, I mean, yes, yes. Every yes. single band plays that song. Yeah. It's not even a country song. It's like '90s yeah. rock, and yet it's on everybody's set list. And that's the funny thing too. Most of them, I won't say most of them. A lot of them are not country songs. No, it's definitely become more rock too. Yes, um, I think it's just like. And pop. You pop. A lot of pop songs. Yeah. I mean, I think bigger, and this makes a lot of sense, is um, they're putting together party set lists for the most part. There are a couple of venues that like, like Robert's Western World is like Straight. old school country, yeah. you know, like Johnny Cash, that kind of stuff. Um, but a lot of those bars are just party music, which well, is fun. I mean- well, Nothing not fun about that. That's how I didn't, but I didn't know some of them were just straight up clubs because that's when I went to Dirk Bentley Whiskey Row. Yep. Straight club. It is like a Scottsdale nightclub. <laughs> I mean, nothing country about it. Yeah. Nothing. You have a DJ just playing whatever DJ set list he has mm-hmm. and everybody just drunk well it's really losing their mind. it's really strange now because maybe like five years ago there used to not be very many multi-floored bars now they all are now they all are you have to have multiple floors plus a rooftop uh, the and rooftop they, now is you need a, a rooftop a big deal it, that was yeah. very rare i mean i remember tootsie's only had one stage for a while yeah now they got like four um i i go there a lot and i discovered a back bar the other day when we went with the yeah the, the team screw there. going in that front door are you kidding me <clears throat> now I'm never gonna go in the front yeah, door never ever yeah and now they discovered the back door you the back door you walk right up and then you're right at a small bar mm-hmm. that is never busy there's never a line at that door no and there's a most of those bars have that back door that have a door guy and all of it just it's the alley next to the Ryman I just, just consider it I really need to get a connection. At one or two of those bars. Sure. I need I need a connection. So if you have a connection on Broadway. Reach out. Reach out. We saw John Daly <laughs> last time we were there. Really? At Tootsie's, yeah. Remember John, like the, the golfer, John Daly. Yeah. He was back behind the band playing. Is he the, is he the fat one? Yeah. Um, like he's, he's, he's that's ha- like he's known for yes. being super unhealthy. Yes. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's had some major like drug and alcohol issues in his career, but he was a yeah. very, very, very good golfer for a yeah. while. I don't mean to just call the guy fat. Like that's part of it. I mean, he's, his brand. That's like his brand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, why I say I mean, it. he's like got pictures of him, like playing, you know, the masters with a cigarette. Like <laughs> yeah, it's correct. And so he was there and he was drinking, um, gray goose from a bottle behind the stage. And then at one point, one of the songs, he, you see him come around the front of the stage and he's got like security with him. Or at least there's the bar has security keeping people from going back behind the stage to like hang out with yeah. him. Yeah. And he comes out and at like the big part of a song, he throws a handful of cash in the air. Wow. Yep. <laughs> no, he's done very and that's, well. That's not super off brand for like a lot of these bars. Like if you know who you're looking for, you'll almost always see 
celebrities. My problem is it's I'm such so, weird. I'm so oblivious. Mm-hmm. I I don't. I will not recognize a celebrity. My wife and I have laughed for years because she can't not say a famous person's name if she sees them. So like if we're walking past like a table at a restaurant, she's like Reba. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. She's like, sorry, I couldn't help it. I'm I'm I mean on, on Broadway, I'm sure there's a lot of well-known people. Yeah, but it's sliding in and out of there. Yeah, but it's always like they have they are going in the back door. Correct. And, you know, yeah. it's they're never just like in the group. No. That's not for that's not fun for them at all. You know, just having people like want to talk to them the whole time. They want to have fun. I just see I I want a connection like that. Not because I want to be Mr. Fancy Guy and be like, hey ladies, you know, I know a guy. Come mm-hmm. on with me. It's more so so I just don't have to deal with the monkey business. Sure. You're just like, get where you want to go. I just want to, yeah, just get where I want to go. There okay. U- there used to be a private club called The Spot. Mm. And it was above, now it's called like the Nashville Sports Club. But it used to be called Paradise is. Park. And it was meant to look like a trailer park. Like the floor of the bar was AstroTurf. Mm. Um, great food. Like at 3 a.m. Really great. Mm. But there were like stairs that would go up and then there was a, a private club that somebody had to have their thumb print like in the system to go in. And then it was just this tiny little like bar club. There was a pool table there. There was like a little stage with a couple of guitars that just like stay there. But it's for, you got to be somebody to become a member there. We're, we're, I saw Will Ferrell there once playing ping pong. That was really? kind of, that's like my... That is crazy. Whatever, you know. Wow. But like, don't like, the minute you like are weird about it, they're yeah, like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Because that's why they go there. That's why they go there. But it was like next to a piano bar. And I think the piano bar took over the whole thing because, you know, everything's growing downtown. See, but but it, like, I'm not one of those people where I I, I want to be around celebrities. I I I don't think I really care all that much. want to be a celebrity, Aaron. Exactly. I want to be that guy. Yep. No, it's it's really just for me. I it's just a lot of monkey business, and it's okay. All of these people they go there for just like the weekend and just tear it up. Yep. I I want to go down there, whenever I want to go down there, have some fun. But like I feel like they're willing to deal with all of that nonsense because they're there for the weekend yeah. and they're so drunk they don't care. Or it's like it's not fun. If you're doing that every single time you go down there. No, no, no. And I mean, honestly, for people who live here, downtown Broadway is a novelty. Totally. You know, but it's, it is, but it's also a ton of fun on the off hours I've found like a Tuesday. Oh yeah. I mean, I had a lot of fun when we went I hadn't been down in probably like three years. Oh really? Yeah. I feel like I go down there at least once a month. Well, you live a lot closer. Yeah. Um, and I don't have a, you don't have kids. Much, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I mean, we love a lot of bars in East Nashville that like we go to. And I mean, there's a lot of them. I, I could take an East Nashville bar hop in one of these days. There's there's some good ones around here. Yeah. I've been, I've been to some. Um, anyway, we are 10 minutes, 14, 15 seconds into a podcast about dirt. This is Dirt Talk, right? Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dirt Talk podcast, Monday edition. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place, joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Hey, y'all. Who is more than happy to take anybody listening bar hopping in East Nashville. Yeah, I'll just use my company card. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but that, you know, that's one of the reasons why I, I chose, chose Nashville. 
No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to go back to bars. Oh, okay. Chose Nashville is because one, you know, the, the, the companies and the, the people we do business with, they enjoy coming here. Everybody enjoys coming here. Our people enjoy it. Like our company meeting, it's not a very, I don't have to really talk anyone into coming to Nashville for two days. I'm not saying, hey guys, we're coming to Oklahoma City. I mean, and, and maybe Oklahoma City is the hot place to be. I don't really know. Random city that came to mind. I have nothing against Oklahoma City. I do think they have a uh, cowboy boot museum. Ah, that's pretty cool. Sorry, if, sorry, Oklahoma City. Uh, don't take it personally. Um, but also, there's so many people from the dirt world here all the time. Yeah. And people hitting me up all the time, like, hey, we're on Broadway, this and this and that. And that's what will be cool about the office is because it's like right now, people hitting me up randomly. I would love to meet up with everybody. Just not super practical. Like, mm-hmm. I, hey, so it's like, sorry, I'm home for a day. I don't really want to go drinking on Broadway tonight with you. Like, it's nothing personal. It's just not what I want to be doing right now. Yeah. Or I need to be working or whatever it is. But if we have a place that they know BuildWit will be at all times, they can stop by whenever and say, hey. It's like cheers. Everybody knows your name. Yes. And it's like, they'll be telling their wife like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do this, 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 but we need to stop by BuildWit too. And yeah. they'll be like, what the hell is a BuildWit? <laughs> it's a dirt thing. It's a dirt thing. Oh God. <laughs> Thought this was vacation. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> oh Lord. My, my friend Jared McNeil stopped by last Friday because he was in town. And you're like, office isn't done, but hey man, With what's his up? Fiance. Yeah. yeah. No, he stopped by and cool. said, hey, and wearing his monster socks and cowboy hat. Totally on brand. On brand. Um, Friend of the podcast. Too. I was going to say, he's, has he been on? Yeah, he's been on. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I yeah. recognize the name. I would, it, it would be a lot of fun to have him on in person. For sure. For sure. Um, well, we, we were talking about some uh, people who've been guests in the past, maybe making some appearances in the future. Totally. Especially in person. Like, like Dylan Stevens, I would love to have him in the studio and have a beer with him and make a podcast we'll do it in the future in the year 3000 were you traveling recently i was okay yeah just got off the road i visited some build with partners got it that's right that's right very very exciting Mm -hmm. i'm trying to consistently get to everybody there's a a lot now um so it takes i mean it takes the better part of a year to wander to everybody yeah to really do it um, which is cool, and and also I wish I could do it a little bit more, but I'm I'm doing my best. Um, but we visited Berg Construction. They're based in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. outside of Philly, about 45 minutes outside of Philly. Um, they do a lot of really cool work. We saw some commercial work, some landfill work. They're awesome because they're it's like a you know family run business. Yeah. Ford has built it himself. If you haven't learned, listened to Ford Berg's podcast, he's on Dirt Talk. I don't know what episode. I'll put it in the show notes. Put it on the show notes. Then his like whole family work for the company at this his, point? His whole family does work yeah. for the company, but he started the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not like his parents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's not his, he it's started not his parents' it. company. It's, it's his company, but now his parents work for him. His mom's a laborer. That's right. I knew that. It's so <laughs> funny. Awesome. Um. So yeah, Ford's a great guy. Dan's a great guy. Brian's a great guy. Um, their their whole leadership team, Tracy. Yeah. I mean, I, I go on and on. They have really good people, and they they do a lot of uh, a lot of different work. So you know, you could be doing a a 
sewer service for a luxury home, or you could be capping a landfill, or you could be doing a commercial job like downtown Bethlehem, where we were staying. They were working just a few minutes down the road. Mm -hmm. So that was very cool uh, bird construction. Then next day, saw Mushlets excavating. They're... You know, their bread and butter is uh, mass X for big commercial projects. So yeah. Building a bunch of big warehouses up in that area. Um, that area is appealing because you can reach a lot of these coasts sure. with that, with in the lands a little bit cheaper in Pennsylvania. So oh, that makes sense. So they're building a ton of huge warehouses up uh, near Allentown is where they work out of. You could set up a, a real DC hub there, distribution center hub. Sure. Yeah. My wife deals with that kind of stuff. Oh, know. really? Yeah. Oh, it's like we're dropping technical distribution oh, yeah. terms. Huh? Oh, yeah. Damn. A real hub. Yeah. What? What's your, is your wife, your wife is in, it's like. She works for Staples. Office Depot. Oh, okay. Office oh, man. Depot. Tough. Well, actually, so her side <laughs> of the business like is the, the becoming, back. yeah. So business to business, like setting up, for oh. example, like, like every place in America she has negotiated and put together the contract and systems for them to have non-office supplies that like they need. So Keurigs, cleaning supplies, paper towels, toilet uh, paper. She's negotiated those contracts and, um, you know, problem solves for them when it's like, Hey, 50 of our stores did not receive such and such thing. Yeah. And she has to go find out that it's out and nobody told her. And then she has to find a source of different, you know, so she's like, problem solving there. So it's like sort of account management, but for like cleaning supplies, cleaning and break room is what it's called. So she, she's not wearing the red pole. Like no, check out this printer. She always says that she's worked for office depot for 10 years and her grandparents still think she works for home depot. <laughs> <laughs> like they just are like, Oh, she wears the orange apron at home depot. She's like, fine. Sure. You know, every time I go into a, 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 like an office depot, so you, you expect there to be pens and paper and printers mm -hmm. and, and even office chairs, office furniture. But then you go into the back and they have like tubs of red vines and the big things <laughs> of goldfish. And you're like, yeah. Holy, you feel like you just hit the jackpot. Like you stumbled across there's like, like Costco prices on those. Yeah. Well, yeah. You like, it's like Bed Bath & Beyond. Like you stumbled across the Beyond section. Yeah. The like, section Whoa. that like you feel like is a secret because it's always in the back corner. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's not very highly trafficked. You're like, is this supposed to be here? Yeah. It's, and it's usually like stuff that was like as seen on TV. Yeah, yeah. I just always get excited about that section yeah. because it feels so out of place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway. Good tangent. Um, Mushlets, they move millions of yards of material build huge warehouse pads. Uh, we saw their 390 hogging material, building some ponds on a, uh, a warehouse project. Mm -hmm. uh, saw some paving. They do some paving, which is pretty cool. Um, had lunch with Steven over there. We yeah. need to have him on the podcast. I've yeah. talked to him about it before. Okay. He would be a fantastic podcast guest. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic because he just tells it as it is. Love it. In, you, you'll you never see that guy without a cigar in his mouth. Oh, okay. Which okay. I think is... You're, you're, you're putting the brand together right now. I'm already envisioning. Yeah, we're working on their their new website as we speak. We did a video with them. The <laughs> I think Eric... Eric used to work for them too, fun fact. Oh, okay. Yeah, Eric Jumper. Yeah. And he asked... Steven, is he from Pennsylvania? He is. Or lived there? For he, he, 
that's kind of where he grew up. Okay. Yeah. But he's been all he's been yeah, all over. He's knew that. Yeah. But uh Eric asked Steven if he could take the scar off his mouth. He was like, nah. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, okay. Um, so I think in the video, I don't know if he has, but he, we have pictures of Steven with a cigar in his mouth. Love it. So that's super cool. They just got a 395 delivered. It was sitting in their yard getting uh tested by Foley Cat. A lot of oh, just a lot of excitement there. Yeah. That's the first 395 I've seen in the wild. Oh, wow. Really? I've, I saw one at Con Expo, mm-hmm. but Con Expo doesn't count. Yeah. Because it's just too pretty. It's made to go see stuff. You know, yeah. You're not seeing it doing anything. Yeah. There's a pine saw all over it or whatever it is. Pine saw. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think they just buy pine saw by 55-gallon drums for Con Expo because everything is so shiny and clean. I just want to look And it kind of shiny. bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was Mushlitz. Then I went to Reading Anthracite, which was very cool. Um, shout out to Reading Anthracite up in near Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Um, they run an, an anthracite coal mine, which is um, very neat. They were digging a new part of the mine with a brand new 6020B. They just got delivered from Cleveland Brothers. Mm-hmm. So Cleveland Brothers tipped me off um, about that machine. They got delivered a few months ago. Got to see it running. Uh, got to ride in it, which was super cool. Oh, nice. The cab in a 6020 is uh, just hilariously big because <laughs> I think it's the same cab they put in the bigger machines. But in that machine, it's big, but it just the cab is just too, too big. It's just probably. Too, too big yeah. for, for that size machine, which I, I really enjoy. It has three seats in the cab. Wow. Not two. Not three. Just a small buddy seat. It has three seats. It's like a party. Very spacious. Yeah. Huge win huge window, like a bottom floor window. It's very fancy. Cool. So that was that. And then we went to uh Carter Machinery. And we visited some Carter customers, uh, chased down some Carter technicians, caught on some some jobs like landfill and a residential project, which was neat. And then we saw how Carter does their training the next morning at their Richmond branch. Nice. So shout out to Carter, but I, I really want to shout out Carter because the the industry needs to train and develop people, and we we've seen a lot of that industry wide. It's rare, uh, but we see a lot of it because we work with great companies that mm-hmm. really invest in people. However, Carter has what could be the best training and development program I've seen. Really, I think half of the technicians in their Richmond store they said have come from their apprenticeship program. Oh wow, their internal program, which is that's unheard of. And so you'll go into the Richmond shop, which I love. And a lot of, a lot of the technicians in there are in their early twenties. Like a lot of them you're looking, I'm like, can you legally drink yet? Because you are very young. And that's me saying that Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I don't even look like I can legally drink yet. Mm-hmm. But these are, I mean, some of them are 18, 19 years old. Wow. Right out of high school. Is, does there, and I'll cut this out if this is off base. Is that one of the training programs that pays the people to be in it? Yeah. Okay. No, it's it's like a job and they're learning how to be a technician as they go through the program. How um, awesomely like big picture forward thinking is that approach? It's so cool. Or uh, it, it yeah, it's just it's just cool. They have some crazy cool facilities that they train their technicians in. We were with one of their trainers and I think we were working on like a 315 excavator. And I didn't even know they did this. So he goes out, we go out to the 315, he busts out his little kit of all this 
these wires and things. I don't know. I'm yeah. not, I'm not tech. I don't know what any of this is. And he starts fiddling away in the machine to quote unquote, break the machine to create a fault. Oh, I saw some of those pictures. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So he creates a fault in the machine uh-huh. and then the technician comes out just a kid and he's like, Hey, so, you know, kind of briefs him. customer called the, the machine won't start. We need you to diagnose it. And then, okay, you know, here's the key. And so he gets in it and yeah, no, I got, I have no power. Okay. So, you know, what would you check next? And well, I would check this, this and that. Well, sure. But have you thought about this? And he just walks him through the process on how to diagnose this electrical fault that he created Mm -hmm. on purpose, on purpose to train him on how to fix an electrical fault. And they, they do this, they do, they do this. It's just business as usual. They weren't putting on a show for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they pull their technicians out of the shops regularly to give them this real world training. And not only that, but we walked in when I met, when I, when I walked in to, to do this shooting first thing in the morning, I walk into the room, it's full of, uh, army guys, uh, who were all there getting trained on power systems. So not only do they train their own guys, they train the, the military on power systems. That's wow. how good they are yeah. training. Talk about develop 3X people, man. Jeez. It's, that's awesome. It's awesome. They're, so yeah. cool. I, I, this sounds like a Carter Machinery ad, but I, I just well, cannot Mike, be. Do you do one or two day classes and can I come do it? I, sure. <laughs> I, it, I could not be a bigger fan of those guys. Yeah. Just the training and development they do is unbelievable. And I, I know they're, they're always hiring, always looking for, for good people. It's an awesome opportunity for someone that just wants to get their hands dirty, build a great career without necessarily going to college. Yeah. Or go to college. And there's a million other opportunities at that company too. But the, the training development is what really uh, impresses me. And every time I go there, I learn more about the program and I'm just continuously wowed. And I know uh, to, to specifically shout someone out, that I, don't even, I don't know if anybody at Carter even listens to this thing, but Lorraine is the one that heads up all their training development. Mm-hmm. I know she's very proud of it, has done a very nice job. Nice. Awesome. That was fun to talk about all that stuff. Partners. Partners. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. <laughs> I just saw some race cars this weekend. Oh, yeah. He's, he's just pumped. This guy's jacked. Uh, all right. First question. From someone named Jack. There you go. I didn't even know. With the amount of travel you guys do as a company and the crazy delays lately, mm. have you ever considered using a service like NetJets or Wheels Up? Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. I just had a long conversation with somebody about aircraft the other day and what could potentially be the most economical for us to start with. I... Can you talk about what NetJets and or Wheels Up are? NetJets, Wheels Up. So, you know, back in the day, you used to um, you used to have to own a plane to fly on a private plane. Yeah. That was it. Okay. So now you, you got to do is be an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and stand next to one. Take yeah. Picture. You don't even need to fly on it. But it was, uh, uh, yeah, you needed, you needed to own a plane. So then some guys came along and created this concept of uh, fractional ownership, which is, hey, Alex and I are going to go buy a jet together. I only need half of a jet. I don't fly on it enough. Mm-hmm. You only need half. So let's just split it. And that was a fractional type ownership. So sure. there's partnerships in planes where you get 
you pay a certain amount per year and you get a certain amount of hours per year is how they do it because that's how planes that's yeah that makes sense they're basically charged by the hour uh and then these new companies came out with why don't we just buy uh, uh fleets of planes and then sell hours to those planes and so these you know netjets and wheels up and all of these companies came up down the road where i can uh, not even from an ownership perspective, have access to private aircraft at any time with with whatever whatever degree of access I need. Mm-hmm. So if it's you know two trips a year, I could do that. If it's twenty trips a year, I could do that. The thing with us is we go to so many weird places, have such a weird schedule. It's hard to make something like that work. Yeah, and it's pretty expensive. Sure, to do yeah. something like that. So I think realistically we're we're just for the level of flexibility and use that we have the the natural progression is to just go up and and just buy a plane just buy a plane i can carry a lot of cameras <laughs> yeah so i it's super frustrating the airlines right now um i i i think the us airlines are extraordinarily poorly managed they're they're terribly run businesses they just took a ridiculous amount of government aid over yep. the past year and a half. And they uh, still completely suck. Well, yeah, it's not like they were taking huge margins in the first place. It was razor thin, right? Um, it was razor. Th- so a company like Southwest has always been profitable. Mm-hmm. So it's not like airlines are just not profitable. Yeah, yeah the idea <laughs> of an airline is not necessarily... Yeah, a non or it's an just unprofitable way to make oh, business. Just, you know, American United, they just they're just. It's not a fun business to operate, but Southwest has proven that hey, we can consistently record a pretty healthy profit. It's possible. Um, you guys just kind of they're just these big behemoth, and they're like bus companies, and you don't have a choice. Like, there's no you kind of do have a choice, but there's there. It's been documented that they all do price fixing, like. That is a thing. They mm-hmm. just they they corroborate and they fix prices on routes and and this they collude. And that. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's all sorts of foul play there. And out of certain airports, you're just going to be flying certain airlines. Like if you're out of Atlanta, you're flying Delta. If you're out of DFW, you're flying American. Like it's just, yeah, yeah. I I could go on and on about airlines, but right, what's happening with the airlines right now is they, um. They're 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 mismanaged. So COVID happened, and in fairness, COVID was absolutely insane. Just got clobbered. Sure, but they didn't just get clobbered. They went to the government and said, "Hey, government, can we have a lot of money?" And the government said, "Sure, you can have a lot of money, many billions of dollars. Here you go, airlines." So so the airlines just just get all these billions. And in fairness, without airlines, the economy is really constricted. So you can't let the airlines fail. They mm-hmm. they will never fail yeah. they, because the U.S. economy. And global economy, you need airlines. Um, but but so they took all that money and they they still didn't manage themselves effectively. Travel ramped up way faster than anticipated. Then they haven't been able to hire the people they've needed, and so they're just canceling flights because they don't have the people to staff fly the plane. And because they took all this money, promised they were going to retain all these people, didn't retain the didn't. people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a, a friend who um, worked for a pretty major airline 
And it was like the minute after that company, when I say pretty major airline, I mean maybe like the major airline, um, after they took that government bailout, I guess, or that major government loan, um, they turned everybody to like 50% employees. Like, well, we're not going to let you go. You just only get paid half as much and you can work more than that, but that's all the money you're getting. Totally. Um, which yeah. is not ideal. That's not what you want. No, and, and, and someone like a, a flight attendant, they're not heavily paid. That's not a Well, they get paid, paid for position. what? In the air only? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Especially with all these delays, like they're probably having to shuffle these people in and out and not getting paid for that work. Like, ugh. It sucks. And um, yeah, I just, I want nothing to do with it. So once we get to a certain point, which is still a ways away, I think we'll start with a turboprop, either a PC-12 or a King Air 350. And most- Aaron's thought about it, by the way. I've I've thought about it. Like- How many do those seat? Mm, you can configure them to seat eight. We'd probably have a, a six passenger configuration. Uh, but see, the thing is, it's it's really not a luxury for our business. It, it's it's going to become a necessity to just have an aircraft where if we need to get somewhere, we can just get on and go. You don't have to worry about it. And when you're done, you get on and come back. From a, a time savings perspective, especially just where my time is headed, and especially when I have a family, if I can have a tool that gets me back to my family for X amount of days, X amount of nights more per yeah, year. that's worth it. Then flying commercial, which would be substantial. Okay, sure. It's, it maybe will never pencil out on a spreadsheet with just dollars. It's hard to make the argument for private aircraft based purely on dollars. But from a, a convenience perspective, opportunity perspective, personal perspective, Absolutely, without a doubt, you can make the argument because there wouldn't be private planes if mm-hmm. you couldn't. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, there you go, Jack. Long story short, the uh, net jets or wheels up generally don't go where we're going. Yeah, it doesn't work for us, but we're headed in that direction. Yep. Certainly something we've been talking about for a long time. And um, even just rental cars. I mean, just the logistics of what we do is is sometimes absolutely insane. But we've talked about uh, just buying SUVs and stashing them, stashing them in different parts of the country. Well, I remember you had asked me about that before you moved to Nashville. Like, is there a place I can just park a car and just mm-hmm. leave it for you know an extended amount of time? We yeah. ended up moving here, so I guess it didn't matter. But at the time, it was like that might be the best way to do this. Yeah. That's the fun thing about business, though, is uh, nothing's really off the table. and You can kind of just make anything up. Um, but yeah, rental car companies have just been a total thorn in our side, too. Yeah. So we've been evaluating other options there. I mean, not that we have the resources to really say, yeah, we'll just take 10 Suburbans, even if we could find 10 Suburbans right now. Yeah, if you could find them. Yeah, yeah, good luck finding a new Suburban. Um, but down the road, it could be a, a total possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, not fun to rent a car anywhere at this point. No. Um, all right, next question from Charlie. This uh, Charlie has reached out to us a couple of times. We could say he's a friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. This is probably his third or fourth question. Thanks for stopping by, Charlie. Thanks for stopping by, Charlie. Um, after watching a few of the vlogs, especially the most recent one, I'm genuinely cur- curious. I am genuinely curious about learning about your best practices for eating healthy on the road. 
Do you check that Yeti on the plane? Do you prepack? How do you keep from fast food? Um, good question. One, thanks for watching the vlogs. I know, uh, so Matt Briscoe, he's putting those together. He's been traveling with me on just about every uh, trip. So we're hoping to get it to a point where they're consistently weekly. And that is Matt's entire job right now is to follow me along, create vlogs, just to give people an idea of what we do and the places we go uh, well beyond just my photos. So stay tuned for that. If you haven't seen them, they're on YouTube. Just search Beldwit or Aaron Witt. You'll find them. You'll find them. But from a, a travel standpoint, if I'm going to go somewhere for like a week or two, I will bring a Yeti. Uh, a Yeti, you can you can check it. Super easy. And it's cool because then you can have refrigerated foods with you. And most vegetables and things that are good for you need do you refrigeration. When you check it, do you pack it already or is it empty? Uh, I was going to say, I'm like, um, if I'm going somewhere with a grocery, like a Whole Foods, you can just go fill it when you just, get there. Just worry about it when you get there. Yeah. If not, I'll pack it with stuff in there. Um, I bring protein powder from First Form. Mm-hmm. I freaking love that stuff. Yeah. So I'll, I'll pack that stuff okay. always on every single trip. But the way I do it is when I get somewhere, and especially if I'm there for a week or so, I will go to the grocery store especially traveling with Matt. He has diet restrictions yeah. because of a ton of different allergies. So we'll just go to the grocery store and we'll get whatever we need. A good rule of thumb at the grocery store, stick to the outside of the grocery store because that's where the stuff that's quote unquote actually whole foods is for. I try to just eat a lot of vegetables and fruits and stick to that kind of stuff yeah. whenever I can. Um, I... Uh, I mean, lunch, dinner, lunch will typically go out with the people we're with. Mm-hmm. Every single restaurant has something you can eat that's not bad for you. Every single one. So it's really just a matter of creating the discipline to sit there and say, okay, instead of these chicken nuggets and chicken nuggets and french fries, I'm gonna go get this pre-made salad. Okay, is the pre-made salad perfect? No, it's not perfect. Maybe it has some all a bunch of croutons and bullshit all over it and <laughs> and some super high fat, high sugar salad dressing. Yeah. Okay. You you get rid of the even get rid of the croutons, use just a little bit of the dressing. Don't go nuts with it. You're gonna be feeling a whole lot better about yourself. I guarantee it. Yeah. And then for dinner when we're on our own, we either go again, Whole Foods has great options. They have a kick-ass salad bar, kick-ass hot bar. Mm -hmm. So there's really good eating there. Um, We'll go to Chipotle a lot. You can do Chipotle pretty healthy. You can do Chick-fil-A pretty healthy. There's also something to be said about Chipotle that it's like reasonably consistent nationwide, you know? So like in the way that fast food is, you know, but it's, you kind of know what you're getting. So that's like another thing not to worry about. You just have to be smart about it. It's like, am I going to get the sour cream and the guacamole. Am I going to get cheese, a large bag of chips <laughs> and, a, and a large bag of chips and a lemonade? Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, then, yeah. then you're, you're totally defeating the purpose. The point? But yeah, I'm just going to get some black beans and some chicken and some pico and some lettuce. Like, okay. Is yeah. it the most exciting meal? No. A lot of times what I eat on the road sucks, but, uh, it's just, it's really important for me. Yeah. And it, it, and, I can travel the way I do because I take care of myself. I could not do what I do 
if I if I if I didn't. It's just it wouldn't be physically doable. Yeah. Or if it was, it would just be completely miserable. Completely miserable. Yeah, you you're you're setting some boundaries for yourself and um intentionally like being disciplined about, you know, I I need these things in order to successfully travel the way that we do. That's what you do. But I went out I went out to dinner while I was traveling this this past week. I had two beers with dinner. It was a long dinner. Of course. I sure I had two beers and then I had, you know, a small portion of salmon. Just like that. So <clears throat> on the road, a few strategies to summarize. Grocery stores, awesome, especially like a Whole Foods. They're fantastic. Anything with a hot bar or salad bar, highly recommend. Two, um, there's a lot of fast food places that really aren't all that bad for you. They're not perfect. I wouldn't say they're healthy because they still are fast food, but you can do them pretty damn clean. Like Chipotle, like Chick-fil-A, you can get the grilled nuggets and a side salad is one of my go-tos. You can do In-N-Out pretty, actually pretty healthy if you actually- you look at it and, and look at what you're eating. You can just get a burger patty wrapped in lettuce. Can't go animal style. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah again, you can go off the rails very quickly. Yep. And then if you're at a, a Mexican restaurant or any other kind of restaurant, uh, there's, there's always ways to do it healthy. Even if you're at just a straight burger restaurant with just nothing but burgers and French fries, what I would do is I would just get a burger patty. And, and if they have a side salad, a side salad, Potentially even with just no dressing. If they don't have a side salad, just eat a burger patty. That's what you got to do. So there you go. That's how I do it. That's how he does it, Charlie. But it's not perfect. I I still eat. Do what you got to do. I still, I still go nuts if once in a while. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it, man. Last question. It's from Bryce. Bryce is 18. My name is Bryce, and I had an idea to start a dumpster business from one of your earlier podcasts. I feel like I need advice. I always think of your statement, not, I always think of your statement, why not me slash us? So I'm motivated. What are your tips for getting started with absolutely nothing? How do I get money to start a business? I have no idea. That sounds like a fun conversation. And yeah, give us a shout. I'd be <laughs> happy to talk to you. I mean, it's, uh, you're just limited to your, imagination like the the most recent dirt talk episode i think it'll be out by the time this podcast is mm-hmm. out with um brock johnson with brock he you know before uh he started well well so so what he did was he's working for a company right now while he was working for the company he figured out his you know legal company name he figured out his uh, LLC. He talked to friends and family and, and did some, you know, basic market research and figured out what the actual opportunities were. He saved up, bought a machine, and then he started doing grading work while he still has a job. Mm-hmm. Well, and he talked about how the money is the bonus at this point with that work. Cause like, that's not. Yeah. But, at, but at, as a kid, take it from me, you're not going to get shit from banks. You are not going to get shit from banks. It took me, uh, it took me three years to have anything more than a twelve thousand dollar line of credit, which might sound a lot to you at eighteen, but to our business now, it's that it's is zapped up in a second. Completely worthless. Mm-hmm. Does me absolutely no good at this point. Um, so you just have to be creative. You know, maybe you're working another job. 
and maybe you're saving up before you can go buy yourself a dumpster. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's, you know, three years before you can start your company because you need to go save up money. Okay. Maybe there's friends and family you could borrow from. Maybe there's a, a business partner out there with someone with capital, but just someone that doesn't want to do the work. And you come up with the, hey, here's the opportunity we have. Here's my business plan. Here's, here's what I want to go do. What do you think? There's a lot of ways to start a company yeah. without money initially. I don't think, I mean, it's a, it's a hurdle, but um, I don't think anybody that's, it, yeah. Well, one thing that you've talked about is being able to see the bigger picture and why that's really valuable as a young person. Because it's, it's really easy to, um, especially when you're young, to just like, oh, I all of a sudden now have some money. I'm just going to start spending it. And yet, if you want to have a life that maybe you have more more control over your work or more flexibility with your work, like you have to start making those choices now, so that when like you you know if you if he's starting a dumpster business, he's been saving up to you know like you said buy his first dumpster or a fleet of dumpsters or whatever it ends up being. Yeah, that like it's hard to go from. A to Z without doing like the stuff in the middle first. Mm-hmm. Or if you're 18, you haven't worked at a dumpster company, maybe go to work for a dumpster company. Yeah. See what that's like. Probably not a bad, probably not a bad idea. And maybe you go to work for a dumpster company and you're like, yeah, this sucks, but I have a better idea. What, yeah. if, I, what if I do porta potties? <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's a lot, there's a lot of money in it. A lot of money in it. Um, <laughs> you ever been in a really nice porta potty before? Like the ones that they put at like weddings and stuff like that. Oh, they get so nice, mm-hmm. luxurious. Yeah, that's that's pretty slick. Yeah, the that's funny. It reminds me the the built robotics guys. Yeah, they you know Silicon Valley startup mm-hmm. this and that. So I went I I, I went down there thinking that they were going to be all fancy and have this cool have a office. ping pong table uh, in their office. Yeah, God, <laughs> they have uh, basically just a temporary like job trailer, trailer yeah. setup. And then they have the fancy bathrooms out back. They're fancy, <laughs> but they're still they're still temporary bathrooms. Yeah, they don't even have permanent plumbing. I love it. I mean, yeah. I think because that's like their whole mission. It's like they're trying to work. I mean, similar to us, like serve the dirt world. Yeah. And so they're like, let's not. We don't want to spend all the money on having a sleek office space and whatever else. Well, I, you know, all right. I'm gonna close the bathrooms at the office then, and we're just gonna put two porta potties. Well, right now, out front of the none of the. I don't think the bathrooms work right now. They so. do work. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Well, well there's then, no toilet paper in there. You got to bring your own. I was gonna. That's well, part of the build with well, I'm, policy. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are you kidding me? We don't know that in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. Um, I yeah, I was gonna go to the bathroom in there for the first time ever because that Just is take it for a spin, <laughs> man. <laughs> that that <laughs> that's one hell of a a one hell of a, an achievement. You know, you get a new toilet, new bathroom. That's that's the only. It's the only way. Yeah, you got it. You got to christen the thing. Uh, but there's no toilet paper, so I was like, shoot. Well, at least you figured out that figured that out before, because so. that would be the very worst. <laughs> You're like, uh, hey Jessica, can you come to the office, please? It's Every, really bad. Everybody's been there. <laughs> it's the worst. That is the. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is relatable content. Yeah. But yeah, I would go to work for a dumpster company. Learn about the industry. Learn about what you want to do. Learn about if you want to do it, and then go get crafty. Uh, do some market research. Ask people about it. See if you could you could maybe go buy one at auction. You know, 
wait, save up a bunch of money, or maybe you can uh, partner with somebody, or maybe there's um, you know seller financing. Someone has a small dumpster company they want to get rid of. You don't even need money to go buy a dumpster company. You can do seller financing where they you know finance the business that they sell you mm-hmm. and you go operate the business and you pay them back over time. And if you don't pay them, they take the business back. So there's collateral already there. You don't even, you don't even need assets. Yeah. Tons of different options. Love it. Thanks for reaching out, Bryce. Love hearing from you. I know, I know a guy, he, he has a very, very successful dumpster company. He, he started in the trash business. He went to prison for a few years. He's open about it. At least I think he is. I don't know. I'm not even going to say yeah. anything specific, yeah, but good. yeah, he's in, he's, he's in the dumpster business. Very, very successful. He was in prison as a kid, went to prison, I think as, at 16 years old Jeez. for marijuana or something like brutal. that. Yeah. Brutal. And, uh, went to prison and then, uh, went to work for some guy and then started a dumpster company with a dumpster. And now he has a lot of dumpsters. There you go. One dumpster at a time. Well, we had a family friend when I was growing up who, when he was like a kid, he just wanted to own dump trucks. He just loved a dump truck. Super cool. And his whole goal was, I want to buy like the biggest dump truck I've ever seen. So now he runs a dump truck company and he's got one of those like, like a big like pole barn basically where he's like parked his fleet and you know, he, he's kind of turned it into like a room, except he has a big giant garage door on the side where he pulls his like pride and glory in there. Wow. And it's just like the most gigantic car you've ever seen in your whole life. Um, but that was like his thing. And so, you know, he, he made it happen just from like, that wasn't what I want to do. So I'll figure out how to do it. It's not easy. I mean, that's like, that's the core motivation for the skid steer. I've always wanted a machine since yeah. I was a little kid and I've, I've worked my ass off. And I finally got to a position where I could rationally get a machine. Well, maybe not rationally, but rational enough. And, uh, yeah, enough rationale to get a machine because I've always just wanted a machine. Mm-hmm. So, I, and fun fact, I dressed up as a trash man one year for Halloween. Trash, I wanted, trash I wanted to get cool into guy. the trash business. Yeah. I think I freaking, every time I go to landfill, I think I make a post about it. I love landfills. I love them. Well, growing up, I don't know why the landfill near us was like also where like the sports fields were. Yeah, yeah. Do they? This is a, I guess this is a question about landfills. Do they like once they cover it? Is it then just like a an encapsulated mountain of trash? Do they ever like? Can you develop on top of it? Depending on the landfill, you can. So yeah, they'll they'll put a park or a golf course or okay. whatever. It may so they be. can't put. So, but they couldn't like you know. Yeah. Build a neighborhood up there. No, because uh, it settles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's really compact, but over time the trash breaks down and you get air voids and, and it settles. So mm-hmm. if you're building a big like mountain of trash, it doesn't. Mountain of waste, technical landfill terms yes, only. Yes, God yes, forbid yes. I say trash. It's trash, but. Refuse. Technical terms only. If, if you, if you. It, it depends on the design of landfill, but yes, a lot of them are repurposed. Cool. But if nothing else, if they're not repurposed uh, based on the, on the land, you can uh, repurpose the energy. So you can harvest the the methane mm-hmm. coming off of landfills yep, yep, and the geothermal energy. Pretty cool. Because mm-hmm. you got to put that stuff somewhere. Yes. But then every time I post about landfills, I get made fun of by Europeans. They're like, you still bury your trash? Because they incinerate everything and they 
do all this fancy recycling and they think they're superior to Americans. It's like, well, sorry, we just have more land than you. So yeah. Sorry, we, we have somewhere to put it. it. Yeah. How dare we, man? It's very, uh, well, you know, America's very, perfect. Very, we figured it out. Like it's a bummer because landfills are made the villain, but landfills are just disposing of the damn waste. It's really like the packaging that everything's put in and the food waste. Yeah. It's like society's the problem and manufacturing is the problem and consumerism is the problem. It's not the landfill. It's like the landfill is just like, yeah, if you're throwing it away. We got to put it somewhere. We're just dealing with it. Well, yeah, it's, it's almost like well, it's reactionary. It's like this, we, this needs a solution and this is the solution we do. Yeah. But it's funny how people get mad at like, like shut the landfill down. Like, I'm sure in 50 years, that doesn't we'll, do, we'll do it a lot better. But you know, we're probably also doing it way better now than we were 50 years ago. You know what I mean? It's just like... We were... Or we are. Yeah. and it's, Landfills uh, are sick. It, 50, 50 years from now, you know, we might... Maybe we will be incinerating it. I don't know. I just don't know how they... I don't know if it's necessarily better is the question. I don't know enough Well, let me it. tell you. If you burn styrofoam, not great. Yeah, but they... But they have this fancy. I, just, uh, I don't know how it's like witchcraft. I, I don't know, and 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 maybe maybe I'm just making up the whole incineration thing. Uh, maybe but it's I'm, a secret they keep from America, keeping us on the outside. What if they just like shoot it all into space? <laughs> like you guys want to see something really cool? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to go to one of those sites. Oh man! Uh, all right. Well, this week's guest, Chad Goodfellow. Chad Goodfellow. Yeah. Of. Uh, Goodfellow Brothers, mm-hmm. um, over a hundred years old, or maybe they're a hundred years old. I think they're a hundred years old this year. Yeah, because the, the they sent you that book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're a hundred years old this year, which is very exciting. They're very proud of that fact. Uh, big contractor on the West Coast and in Hawaii. Chad lives in Hawaii, right? He does. Okay. Yes, I, I believe he does live in Hawaii. Um, chemo. He's he's had lunch with Chad before. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, dude, Chad is the coolest guy. He just every time every time he I bring up Goodfellow, it's like, oh, oh yeah, oh I I know <laughs> he gets so excited about yeah. it. Um, so yeah, I Goodfellow, a uh, uh, spectacular company, um, family owned. Really, really excited to talk to Chad. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. So listen to that episode, and with that, I think that's another Dirt Talk podcast. That's a podcast. Thank you. Um, we still need to work on our sound effects. We're working on it. Yeah. Uh, if you have questions or anything we want or we, we ought to discuss, send it to dirttalk at buildwit.com. Email us anytime, anywhere, anytime. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you on the next week. Stay dirty. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.